the Colby Daniels podcast, joined by Will Brewer. Mr. Brewer cut into the lead a little bit last week, so uh, it's it's a good week for me to record because I was actually, for the first time in a long time, on the better end of a fight card in terms of our picks. But uh, we got a lot to talk about, my friend. What is happening today? Oh, man. You know, last week's fight card was what it was. Um, definitely, you know, there's some fights to look forward to this weekend, but... I mean, uh, I know there's a lot of MMA to talk about, but I would be remiss if I did not start this show with bringing up how your Cowboys just gave up Jalen Smith out of nowhere, and now my Packers are going to just sweep up Jalen Smith, and we finally got a a middle linebacker who's going to you know, come through and uh, maybe change the defense for us. Okay, okay, I like that. Um, I, I will say this. I was shocked last night when the news broke. Part of that is because I think everybody that's that's connected to the Dallas Cowboys has never said a bad word about Jalen Smith. I mean, he is as highly regarded as any player that's ever had the star on his helmet. But the reality is the guy that was a pro bowler two years ago is not the guy we're watching play football today. There have been some real struggles. I, I don't think he fits their current defensive scheme right now. He's not even a starter uh, with with the personnel they have right now. And then I think the icing on it all is the fact that there is an injury guarantee for next season that would pay him $9 million that they were not willing to roll the dice on. So, um, look, I mean, $9 million for a guy that's healthy is a pretty substantial hit. But if you have a guy right. go down with an injury and you you are guaranteed to pay him $9 million, that's that's pretty tough. So... Uh, I, 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 I'm a Jalen Smith fan. I loved the draft pick. I loved the gamble in the second round when they drafted him out of Notre Dame. But look, even with the injury and the recovery, like just the fact that he was able to get back on the football field, number one is like unfathomable. So, uh, he, he was just, he never got back to the same guy. I mean, even in the pro bowl year, two years ago, he was, he's never been the same guy. And, you know, when, when you start to struggle a little bit, those those physical gifts become a little bit more, or lack of gifts become a little bit more glaring. And, you know, the guy, I think, can still be an asset to a team for sure. But, you know, it, I mean, they he just doesn't change directions well. And I think with what Dallas is doing right now, it just, it was a bad fit and it wasn't working for him there. But I, look, if, if the Packers... Uh, get him on the football field. I will absolutely root for him to have all the success in the world. Yeah, man. I think <laughs> what the what the Cowboys have done with uh, their linebacking core with with Cox and with uh, Micah Parsons, who's just flying all over the field. I feel like anytime there's someone's uh, got the ball, Micah Parsons is in hot pursuit. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, you know he's just jumping out of the page off the page uh, on the field. So. I think there was an odd man out. I thought personally it was going to be Vander Esch because he couldn't stay on the field. Yeah. But uh, I, I didn't know about Jalen Smith's contract and everything. Yeah. But I'm glad the Packers got him. Um, definitely needed some some work on the defensive end, especially with uh, with uh, Martinez going down. So right. uh, it definitely helps uh, adding Jalen Smith. So I'm excited. Yeah. Well, they, they were searching for a trade partner, couldn't find one. Leighton Vander Esch has outplayed him to this point in the season, but before the year, they declined the fifth-year option on Leighton Vander Esch. So I think the uh, like when that happened, 
there were rumors that they were shopping Smith anyway, and I think everybody thought like Smith was going to be the guy out when they declined Leighton Van Der Esch's fifth-year option. Then I think people thought, well, they're they're big big money committed to Jalen Smith, so I, maybe he's the guy, and and Van Der Esch will be out after this season. And now maybe it's both. You know, maybe by next year. I mean, neither one of those guys is a part of this defense, but. Um, I, you know, I told you, like, I've never heard anybody that covers the team, uh, and I know a lot of people that cover the Dallas Cowboys that's ever said anything negative about Jalen Smith. I mean, in fact, it's always like, that's the kind of guy you hope your daughter marries, right? Like he is, he is, <laughs> right. I mean, as, as, as respected, uh, a guy as, as there is in the national football league. Yeah, and just to, you know he's tough coming off that injury that he had in college to uh, come and have the career that he's had up to this point. Uh, like you said, he's just yeah. took a, he's just taking a step back. But maybe uh, he's just, you know having this happen to him and then going to a new team like Green Bay, maybe he will be uh, rejuvenated, and uh, we'll see what happens, man. I'm excited that the Packers got him. Amen, man. Uh, before we get into MMA, I know this is our weekly MMA podcast, and uh, we've already talked a little football. I, I honestly feel like, I mean, this is, it's more combat sports, I guess, than just MMA, but I really feel like there is not a bigger headline in combat sports than Fury Wilder 3, the trilogy, Will, on Saturday night. I There is, you will rarely hear me talk about any boxing match <laughs> against a, a, an MMA card where I'm going to favor the boxing match. Not saying I won't watch both, but if I was given the choice, either or, it is a very extremely rare situation that I would say the boxing match. And uh, that's the situation this weekend. Fury Wilder 3 for me uh, is is absolutely that. Yeah, and the UFC knows that too, right? Like, um, <laughs> yeah. that not only are they making this card very early in the day, so, it, the, so that'll end way before uh, this boxing fight happens, but the, the card isn't as stacked as we've seen most uh, fight nights. So um, the UFC is like, okay, this is the, the Fury Wilder weekend. Uh, everyone's going to be talking about this fight. This is one of the biggest fights um, in heavyweight history. Uh, Fury Wilder 3, the trilogy, man. Uh, you know, the first fight was a draw. A lot of people thought that uh, Fury won it uh, with points. But, you know, Wilder knocked him down twice. It was a great, uh, let's just it, call it what, it was a great fight. Like, regardless yeah. of outcome or decision, like, nobody watched that fight and thought, man, this sucks. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a, that was a tremendous yeah. fight. I loved watching that fight from start to finish. Um, and with those two knockdowns, you really didn't know who won that fight. It was it was actually really, really close, yeah. and it ended up being a draw. So you knew that they were going to run it back. The second fight, man, Fury, uh, he punished him, man, and... I didn't like how Wilder handled the loss. You know, he uh, made a lot of excuses, you know, up to, you know, his coaches and then uh, what he wore out to the ring and, and everything. You know, right. there's a lot of excuses. Um, so there's a lot of pressure, I feel, on Wilder to perform in this uh, in this trilogy fight. Uh, Fury's done his thing. He uh, he knocked him out. He knocked out the guy that um, not many people thought that he would. So um, the guy that, that normally does the knocking out. So, yeah. <laughs> You know, there's there's not much pressure on Fury, I don't think, you know. Uh, I think all the pressure's on Wilder for all the excuses that he made, all the stuff that he's posting on social media. You know, um, Wilder, he claims that he's got a point to prove. This is his chance, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, Fury was supposed to fight Joshua, and then Wilder stepped in and was like, nope, uh, y'all ain't fighting until I get my trilogy fight. So 
A lot and then of pressure Usyk on just, you know, Usyk goes and beats Joshua and uh, right. really puts a <laughs> wrench in this whole thing. Uh, you know, that, that first fight was so great. And going into the second fight, like, I can legitimately say I like both guys. Like, Tyson Fury, to me, is like a Mike Tyson's punch-out character, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you just, the interviews, the personality, the look, like, all of it is like a, a Mike Tyson's punch-out character from the original Nintendo. And then, you know, Wilder is is the... You know, the American heavyweight hope. And uh, so going into fight number two, like, while I liked both, I was 1,000% rooting Wilder, just, you know, for no other reason than America having, you know, a premier heavyweight champion. And, man, I got to tell you, like, for as much as I would like to see that happen, when he took the ring, I was like, man, this is badass. Like, the whole, like, costume thing, like, I was like, this is badass. And then he gets punished, as you worded it, and says that he was tired and worn down and fatigued because the costume took it out of him. And I was like, I don't think I can root for this guy anymore. Like, (laughs) either you are a a complete idiot to put yourself in that position to get completely dominated by wearing this, this, what I thought was a badass costume entering the ring, or you're making just these crazy excuses and I like either way it's not a good look so I don't know man like I would I be disappointed if Wilder won no because like I think you know that would really help boxing in this country to have an American heavyweight champion but uh I I don't anticipate we're gonna see anything too different we'll see I don't know yeah you know Fury moves so well and he's so tall you know it's really tough for uh Wilder to to get inside you know he had the same kind of issues in the first fight just uh he's so explosive and he's so fast that he was able to get to him but in the in the second fight fury did a good job of of pressuring him and putting wilder on on the back foot and it really affected how uh how wilder was able to move so um we'll see what type of uh adjustments that wilder can make in this one it's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting to see because he can't uh outbox tyson fury and I, i think he would be a fool to try to do that uh, we know what his calling card is, which which is landing the big sh- the big shot, uh, uh, whether that's in the first four rounds or in the late in the later rounds. We've seen him be losing a fight against uh, Ortiz. He was losing that fight uh, and then came back to knock him out, I believe, in the uh, eighth or ninth round. Yeah. So uh, we know that Wilder at his best, even if he's losing the fight, he's always got the knockout power. So um, he's got that one punch. But that's that's. Yeah. If I'm him, that's what I'm looking for because don't try to outbox him because that's the worst thing that you can do. Yeah. There's something special about a big-time boxing event where you feel like on both sides it's it's superstar type of persona, right? Like sometimes you get like Canelo, and that's an awesome event, but like the other, you know, you know Canelo's going to go dominate and, and it doesn't necessarily right. feel like the guy on the other side really has a chance. Now maybe Caleb Plant is that guy, but... I'm just saying there's always like it's a spectacle, but like with Wilder's power, you know, there's always the chance that he could land the big one and in the fight. And I think especially in the heavyweight division, if you have two heavyweights that are are superstars in their own right going head to head, there's just a, an aura about an event like that that I think is is tough to capture anywhere else. Absolutely. Uh, just the fact that even though you give the respect to Fury on, on how great he's looked and everything, you still have to respect Wilder because he uh, was undefeated up to that point uh, against Fury. And despite the loss, he still has he's built a name for himself in yeah. America. 
Uh, Fury's built a name for himself. So uh, it's, a, it's a very intriguing fight. Uh, a lot of people are very uh, much invested in this fight. Uh, you know, even as this fight draws near, you hear you see people like, I don't know who to bet on. You yeah. know, the betting lines change, you know, because you still have to give Wilder his respect. Um, and like you said, you know, when Canelo fights, he's normally not fighting uh, someone who's up to his level. But when Canelo fights a Triple G, there's yeah. that different type of aura around it. So it's it's the same thing with this fight. These are two fighters who... Uh, who have held the heavyweight title, and uh, both both of these guys are stars in their own right. So uh, I, I love this fight. I can't wait to watch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think the last time we had one of these was uh, Tiafimo Lopez and... Um, uh, Lomachenko. Lomachenko, yeah. And, and yeah. like I said, when you add the heavyweight division to it, it just takes it to another level as well. So uh, you, got, you, got, you, you want to make a pick on this thing? Man, uh, you know, the, the smart guy in me wants to just go ahead and pick Fury by decision. But, you know, just Wilder's power, you know, what, what if he just says, you know, fuck it and yeah. land something crazy? Uh, that's my that's my only um, that's the only thing that kind of takes me back. But um, trying to trying to think just intelligently, I think that uh, Fury will get it done by decision. But uh, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I think. Uh... The updated odds today, Fury minus 290, Wilder wow. plus 225. So, I mean, this is kind of like the Derek Lewis type situation, right? Like, he always has a chance to win the fight because he can land the big shot to potentially win the fight. But uh, I think, like, a lot like some of Derek Lewis's, you know, Cyril Gone, for example, like, I think Wilder's just outmatched here, and if he doesn't land the big shot, then I just I don't see the path to victory. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, the only thing that I would say different is um, I think that Wilder can sustain his knockout power longer than Derek Lewis. I think yeah, Wilder yeah. can be can be active. He can be hurt, For and sure. he can still come back and land a, a big shot. While um, Derek Lewis and uh, and you know m maybe even Francis for that matter, yeah. uh, as the fight draws into the you know deep waters, you know do they still have that power? Um, you know, so we've seen Deontay on the ropes, hurt, and then come back and knock someone out. So, um, yeah, I mean, don't try to outbox him, Deontay. That's all I got to say, because yeah. that's, that's what the odds represent. They represent a boxing match, you know, Fury, you know, having his way with them. But um, the odds, to me, should be a lot closer just out of respect to Wilder's power. Uh, by the way, do you feel like you uh, need to give me an apology or anything like that? You feeling bad about anything uh, you've done lately? Not, not maybe really, Twitter, man. Maybe I, on Twitter, <laughs> like <laughs> tagging me uh, in something. You, that... you didn't get a kick out of that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, I, I laughed really hard, actually, and I was like, that son of a... Yeah. Yeah, no, it was good. Um, so, I mean, this was last year sometime. We were we were making our picks, and uh, I had confidently, I might add, that that's what makes this so bad. I'd confidently picked uh, Amanda Hebos over Marina Rodriguez, and after watching Hebos dominate round one, I'm just kind of like feeling good, like she dominated. It was going exactly the way that I thought it was. It was going to be a big win for me, and round two happens, and I mean. Like that, 
uh, Marina Rodriguez dots her a few times, and it was just like fight over. And I, I was just stunned. Stunned. <laughs> so Will decided with uh, Marina Rodriguez in action in uh, Saturday night's main event to uh, let me relive that moment on Twitter. <laughs> Man, uh, just remembering how furious you were oh. uh, after... No, first, just remembering how excited you were that he boss dominated that yeah. first round, and then just to see it because I was turn. so confident she was going to win. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You you put all your chips yep. into Amanda Heat boss, and it yep. was looking good, and then all of a sudden, Marina just you know lands that punch, and yeah. then it was just all over, man. It, it was it was hilarious to see how mad you yeah. were. I feel like that the rest of the fight card, I think it was a Dustin and Connor card, you was a little on edge, yeah. <laughs> and you kind of took it out on the uh, on the ESPN guys. That was the Dan Poirier night, if you, <laughs> if you remember that. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, <laughs> if you're the main broadcaster on ESPN doing a post-show for a pay-per-view featuring Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier, and you repeatedly call him Dan Poirier. I, yeah, that, that, yeah. Oh, but you're right. That probably did fire me up a little bit. Uh, I was like, damn it, he boss. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Thanks for letting me relive that. Um, you know what else was a, and we'll get to uh, another damn it moment for you in a moment, but uh, can we all just say we all had a damn it moment in the main event on Saturday night because for as much as I was excited about Tiago Santos and Johnny Walker, what a dud, Will. I mean, look, I, I and I think you're in this camp as well, we typically will defend boring fights if it's for a good reason, right? Like if a, if a, if a fight is boring for a good reason, whether it's like you know, tactically or whatever, like, we're going to defend that. If a wrestler doesn't engage in a firefight, like, we're going to defend that because that would be stupid for, you know, maybe a guy that's not a good striker to engage in that kind of fight. This was not that. (laughs) This was, and and I think it's worse when you add Tiago Santos coming off the Rockage fight to, to, to go into this one. And look, I also understand, like, he was winning, so maybe, like, I thought it was 2-2, though. Going into the fifth, so man, it was. I thought Santos won the fight. I, 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 to me, I mean, it wasn't even like he won three rounds. Like you can't convince me he didn't win three rounds. But man, that was what a just letdown from what we all expected. Those two guys are capable of. Yeah, man. Not only that, but just what um, you've seen from both these guys in the past, like how. Uh, Tiago Santos knocked out Jimmy Manawa and Jan Blahovich, just how aggressive that he was. And then on top of that, he even said before the fight how he uh, felt like he was going to be more aggressive and how he wanted to uh, you know, pull the trigger a lot more. And then the same thing with, with Johnny Walker. He said that uh, he was expecting to go to hell. He was expecting Tiago Santos to take him to hell, and he was really yeah. excited for it. And so I was expecting that this fight was just going to be a, a knockdown, drag-out war. Uh, that wasn't going to go past at least the second round. Uh, we didn't get that at all. Uh, we got a tactical fight from two guys who um, who, are, who are finishers, who are supposed to be killers. So um, it's definitely not the fight that you want to see from two guys like that. Um, two guys who are normally aggressive, you know, timid to pull the trigger. Um, yeah, it's definitely not the not. You don't want to see two guys like this point fight. It's 
it was it was it was so bad. Um, especially Tiago uh, after his after that last performance with Rakage, man. Uh, you, you thought that he was just gonna come out and just you know just go crazy like the the yeah. styles. Both of their styles just kind of called for a, a, a war, you this know. Was a just great, go out there and see. This was great matchmaking. Yeah, absolutely great matchmaking. Uh, but they just didn't pull the trigger. It, it it was so weird to see both of them knowing how they normally fight. Just it was yeah. so weird to see them both on the outside. Uh, Johnny Walker trying to manage distance and Santos just not being aggressive. It was it was just a weird fight all around. Yeah. And look, I, you know, I, I kind of felt like it was probably a little bit more on Johnny Walker as I watched that fight to, to make up for um, maybe being behind on the scorecard and, and maybe he should have been the one to, to take a few more risks. But I think if you're Tiago Santos and, you know, you had the John Jones fight, you have the injuries, you're off for such a long period of time, you come back, you lose two in a row, and the second one was a main event that was just un. If I remember, was that a main event, Rocket Santos, or was that on a pay per view card? That was a pay per view card. That okay. was like the first fight. Well, pay per view card then. That doesn't make it any better. Uh, right. <laughs> it's it's a massive fight that was. I mean, honestly, one of the the and and I I don't I haven't heard anybody defend that one. One of the most boring fights that we've ever seen, especially for guys of that magnitude. To to have that layoff, come back, pile up two losses, and one of those be. Uh, a just complete snooze fest and then follow it up with this one. Like, I don't know. It didn't even feel like a win. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't want to make it sound like getting in the octagon and winning is easy or that like there's a, a such thing as a bad win, but in terms of helping himself and, you know, his brand and forwarding, you know, big time opportunities, I, I don't think that he did anything to help that. Yeah, man, it was, uh, just like how we said that Rockets can't ask for a title shot after a yeah. fight that boring and stuff. Yeah. You know, Santos was talking about a contract renewal and stuff. And you uh, pointed out, like, this is a bad time for him to try to ask for, like, more money or a contract renewal after two bad fights. Um, just because you know what he's capable of, you know. Uh, this is a guy that made John Jones, like, scared to engage with him uh, because of his power. Uh, this is a guy who fought John Jones on a torn uh, everything like he tore his ACL, LCL, PCL, like everything, and he was still going forward trying to trying to finish the fight. Um, so you just know what he's capable of, and uh, it's it's kind of sad to see him go in a, in the opposite way. You're happy for him that he got the win, but it's just like, is do you really want to say that that's a win just because you you landed more just like a few more power shots than yeah. a guy who wasn't who wasn't aggressive at all? So. Um, you know, in, in a main event spot where you had a, a lot of expectations of a war, and then it's a, it's very lackluster. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what what would be next for uh, Santos, but like, I'm I, I, if I'm him, I'm not asking for a title shot or the number one contender. I'm just kind of taking what the UFC gives me at this point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's that's a, a tough ask, and and now it's three in a row where. He loses two of three, and then also two of the three have not lived up to, I think, the level of expectation. Because, look, at the end of the day, this is also an entertainment business, right? For as right. much as we want to talk about the sport part of it, it's also an entertainment business. And you're not getting main events in an entertainment business if you're not having entertaining fights. 
<laughs> so, right. you know, that that also, I think, plays a role in, in kind of how you evaluate that fight when it's all said and done and being somewhat disappointed. But anyway, uh, I get the points in that one uh, reluctantly, but, uh, you know, what a, what a major disappointment. Uh, we should have known disappointment was on its way, Will, when the co-main event also ended in a really weird way. Um, I, I don't, I've never seen anything like what happened with Kyle Dawkins and Kevin Holland. Um, I think we first have to give Kevin Holland a lot of credit for the takedown defense that we experienced in that first round, but he gets headbutted. And I mean, it was, it was flash KO, right? Like he was out yeah. drops face forward and look, Kyle Dawkins did exactly what he should have done, which is jump on Kevin Holland. And I think the right decision was made. No contest. They they've already got this thing rescheduled for uh, November. I believe, uh, I think it was all handled correctly. It was just unfortunate that it happened that way. And I mean, I, I was just mind blown. Like I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are given, uh, I think it was Dan Mergliata who was the ref. They're giving him a lot of shit because of, uh, of the decision. And like, he didn't step in, uh, and stop it when, when the headbutt happened, but it happened so fast. Like it's, it was kind of tough for anyone to really truly see what happened. Yeah. So, um, at least he had the presence of mind to say, I want to see that again. Like, make sure that we uh, review that. Right. Uh, because it happened so fast. And Kevin Holland dropped like he got like he got shot or something. Like, I, it was so I quick. didn't know I was, what like, happened in real it, time. I just saw Kevin Holland like, go down. And I thought, what on earth just happened? Exactly. I, I thought the same thing. I didn't know what had happened. He just dropped so fast. And then, but uh, I wasn't sure if it was the uppercut or something that we just didn't see. But um, yeah. he got, it was a flash knockout. And he responded i mean he was get he got up and tried to fight off uh the submissions and everything he he fought off one or two i believe uh but docus did uh what he was supposed to do he kept he continued to chase the finish um but you know i'm with i'm with uh Mergliata. i think he made the right decision by making it a no contest because it was a um with headbutt you're supposed to stop it give them t- uh time to recover uh holland wasn't granted that uh despite the fight was uh despite that the fight would continued so the position um, that led to the finish was only gained because of the the flash KO from the headbutt. Like bottom right. line. So, so what exactly? So basically, whatever happens after the the headbutt right. is kind of irrelevant, even though it sucks that he got the finish. Yeah. Uh, what happens after the headbutt is kind of irrelevant. So uh, sucks for Dawkins, but I'm glad they're running it back. I'm glad it was a no contest. Um, I feel like Kevin Holland hand, handled it well. Uh, I, if I was Doc, as I'd be upset because Absolutely. you know, you're, this is um, like a win bonus that you're getting. Mm-hmm. You know, a finish like that, you probably you might have got performance of the night. You know, a, a whole a, a lot of things were kind of I'm not gonna say taken away, but uh, a lot of things just went wrong with him not you know getting that win. So you feel for Dawkins, but I'm glad that they're running it back. Yeah. Uh, Nico Price over Cowboy Oliveira. Um, what do these guys have? Like 36 kids combined. <laughs> something like that man yeah, crazy, crazy. <laughs> something like that. nico's got a bunch man yeah. jeez <laughs> well, i think alex has double the the amount that nico has and and oh. uh yeah he was they, they, they were talking about it quite a bit last week and i was like good lord that uh <laughs> that'll do it to you i mean no wonder these guys are th- these guys love fighting that much because that's the easier path than being at home with you know 14 kids 
<laughs> yeah, that they'd rather get punched in the yes. face continuously. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, so <laughs> that's probably why they're always in in crazy wars each yeah. time out, and and they come back two months after a big a big war. So <laughs> it makes sense. All right, Christoph Jocko and Misha Serkinov. Misha dropping down to middleweight. Will this was the other fight that we differed on? Uh, I get the point here with the Jotko win. You know, I really wasn't going to pick him. I you kind of made you kind of made me pick him. You were like, you know, uh, that damn it, Misha moment and everything. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. my mind was like, man, just go with Jocko. Go, Misha going down on one eighty five. But I was like, you know what, Misha, you know, at two hundred five, he was pretty good. So maybe you know, maybe it all work out at middleweight. But man, Jocko was way too fast for him. And then he was so Misha was so tired going into that third round. Um, you know that the cut to one eighty five kind of affected him uh, late. So uh, he was just kind of begging for you know just like a stoppage in action. So when he got the chance, I think it was like a low blow or an eye poke or something. He was using all the time that he could muster because he was like, man, I, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Um, and he didn't finish the third round. I mean, he was in the fight, but he didn't finish the third round right. So Jocko gets to win. But damn it, Misha. Damn it, Misha. Point. <laughs> point team Colby. And our main card began with Alex Hernandez over Mike Breeden. Alex Hernandez looked fantastic, gets the first round finish. Uh, I thought looked as crisp and sharp as we've seen him. Yeah, man. Uh, Violet. Like I said, like I said uh, last week, these are the fights where he normally shines. Uh, this was Mike Breeden, uh, with all due respect, this was his first UFC fight. Right. I think he took it on short notice. Um, uh, Alexander Hernandez just did his job. Uh, finished finishing the fight in the first round like he's supposed to do. He looked he looked fantastic physically, um, and his strikes looked on point. So uh, big props to Alex Hernandez for that one. Yeah, no doubt. All right, uh, UFC Fight Night Saturday afternoon. We have uh, Dern Rodriguez. Will I have uh, cut your sixteen point lead by the way down to twelve? So uh, I at least I at least uh, am getting closer to single digits. Uh, which is a nice thing. But you, once again, begin the picks as uh, you are the leader right now in the clubhouse. Our main card begins at middleweight. We have Phil Hawes, 11-2 overall against Darren Wynn, 7-2 overall. Oddshark.com has Phil Hawes as a minus 325 favorite, plus 250 for Darren Wynn. Yeah, I I really don't like this fight for uh, Darren Wynn. Um, At 5'6", uh, he's just too short, um, fighting that middleweight against these guys who are six foot and above. Um, you know, he's got, he's got the wrestling credentials, so he's got a good base, but, um, it's, it's just tough for him to really, um, uh, establish a style, um, against these guys who are so much bigger. And then, uh, Phil Hawes has a pretty solid wrestling background himself. So, um, I feel like, um, Deron Wynn is going to struggle mightily to get him down, and uh, Phil Haas will have his way uh, in terms of the striking. So um, I'm I'm expecting the Phil Haas win. Phil Haas for me as well, and and I agree with everything you said there. All right, uh, fight number two on the main card. We have Mariah Agapova nine and two overall. Sabina, is it Mazo? Mazo? I believe. I believe so. I believe it's Mazo. Mazo. Okay. Nine and two overall. Uh, Oddshark.com has 
Uh, Mazo minus one seventy five. Agapova plus one forty five. Um, I kind of wanted to uh, go opposite you on whatever you pick, but I feel like uh, I'll save that one for a later fight. Okay. So uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and pick Mazo and let the chips fall where they may. Fair enough. Well, then we are going to be on the opposite side of this one. Give me the underdog in Agapova right here. I think this is uh, this is one of those that I could see going either way. So I'm, uh, I'm willing to roll the dice, if you will. All right. Fight number three on the main card. Saturday night, we move to the men's flyweight division. We, have, uh, we actually have a, a pair of top 15 flyweights. Tim Elliott. 17, 11, and 1 overall. Mateus Nicolau, 16, 2, and 1 overall. Oddshark.com has Nicolau minus 200, Tim Elliott plus 160. This one's a tough one because, uh, you know, Tim Elliott has really looked good in his past, in his last couple fights. Uh, but I, remem- I remember um, watching uh, Nicolau fight uh, Manel Kopp, and that was a, re- a very close fight, but uh, he edged out a decision. I kind of like where uh, where his uh, ceiling could be. Um, I think he's won uh, two or three in a row. So I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Nicolau, but I think it's going to be a uh, a tough one against a, a crafty veteran in Tim Elliott. Yeah, uh, I was I, I was going to go Nicolau, but um, I, I I'm not I wasn't convinced of Nicolau uh, as you kind of mentioned there. I think this is a tough one, so I'll go Tim Elliott. Tim Elliott is just I mean relentless right like he's he just has that suffocating style that if you're not prepared for it I think that alone can somewhat overwhelm you so I'll I'll take Tim Elliott in this I if to go from Manel Kopp who really didn't uh even ever engage Nicolau to the 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 pressure that Tim Elliott is going to put out there I mean I, I imagine that's probably a pretty drastic thing to experience so I'll take Tim Elliott All right, which takes us to our co-main event on Saturday night. We have welterweights, Randy Brown, 13-4 and four overall. Jared Gooden, 18-6 and six overall. Randy Brown is a minus 230 favorite, plus 185 for Jared Gooden. Uh, you know, I, I like Randy Brown. Um, I think uh, his losses have come to some really high-level guys. Uh, I remember him losing to... Uh, Vicente Luque, and uh, he's lost to Bilal Muhammad in the past. Nico Price. Uh, but when he... Oh, yeah. How can I forget? Nico Price knocked him out from the bottom. That was a crazy knockout. But um, but those three names, like Vicente Luque, Nico Price, Bilal Muhammad losses, um, those are not you know bad losses. Uh, so when you go into a fight uh, against a guy who's kind of a step down, um, he normally does well. Um, so I think this is a good fight for uh, Randy Brown, and I think he'll get it done, man. Randy Brown for me as well. I, I like this matchup for Randy Brown, and like you said, I, I think when uh, when he's lost, it's been to you know guys that have pretty big names, obviously at welterweight. Uh, so yeah, Randy Brown for me, which takes us to our main event of the evening. Will females in the one fifteen division? We have Marina Rodriguez, fourteen one and two overall. And McKenzie Dern, 11 and 1 overall. Odds on this fight Dern is a minus 170 favorite. Your girl, Marina Rodriguez, after that he <laughs> boss knockout, plus 140. Man, look, I've been on the fence on this one all week long. Uh, 
Uh, you know, I felt like I was going to pick Marina just to be a, a asshole to you because, you know, she did um, <laughs> break your heart with that Heboss knockout. But I really like uh, what Mackenzie Dern has done since she's uh, come back from having her, her baby. Um, this one's tough because, um, of course, as long as the fight is standing, uh, Marina uh, has an advantage with her with her striking and stuff. But yeah. uh, Mackenzie Dern, she's shown that she's uh, she's with it when it comes to striking and sometimes that works to her detriment, like against, um, against he she lost that fight because it was a, a mostly a, a striking fight in which she's, uh, she's at a disadvantage against he So, uh, if this fight stays standing, uh, this is Marina has a really good chance, but I feel like this is a fight that Mackenzie Dern can get to the ground because, um, girls like Michelle Watterson and Cynthia Calvillo have been able to take, uh, Marina Rodriguez down. And if you're on the, if you're on the, the ground with Mackenzie Dern for any amount of time, you're, you are in danger. Um, Absolutely. so, um, it just depends on if, um, Marina can control this fight goes. Um, I I'm leaning towards her not being able to, but if she can, if she can, uh, if she can make this last for the full five rounds and kind of, uh, work her way out of any grappling exchanges and keep it standing, then she has a really good chance. So, with that being said, man, um, with that being said, I, uh, I'm going with, I know you're going to pick McKenzie Dern. So for the sake of our game, right. I'm going Marina Rodriguez. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I will be devastated if this happens again, because I, <laughs> I feel like this fight's going to be exactly the way that I thought the he boss Rodriguez fight is going to go, and we saw how dominant he boss was on the ground. But when that thing was standing, obviously massive edge to Marina. I mean, she is as good a striker as there is in that division. Um, but yeah, uh, this is Mackenzie Dern for me. It's it's basically the exact same thing as the he boss fight. Like I just think that she will control it on the ground, and and I don't know that I'm I'm saying a finish, but as long as that thing's on the ground, I just think it's massive edge, Mackenzie Dern. So. Mackenzie Dern in my main event. Yeah, I think Mackenzie Dern has a lot of potential uh, to be a champion at I this agree. weight. Uh, but Marina Rodriguez is as good of a striker as as there is in that in that division. Um, it's going to be a fun fight, a very interesting. It's going to be uh, a battle of positions. Just can Marina stay on the outside, and can Mackenzie Dern get a hold of her and get her down? Um, interesting to see, man. I can't wait for it. Uh, I mean, you know, this is this is potentially a fight that that puts one of these two in in line for a title shot. So uh, I'm with you, though. I think uh, Mackenzie Dern is somebody that uh, very, very soon, I believe, will be in that conversation. So. All right, man. Saturday afternoon. I, I Full transparency. I probably will not even be watching this until the early hours Sunday morning. Uh, <laughs> full slate of college football games. Obviously, Oklahoma, Texas at 11 a.m. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's some other big games that that I I will be paying attention to, and then like I said earlier, I mean Fury Wilder three will absolutely get my attention. This thing will be well over by the time Fury Wilder three happens, and then I think when I'm finally like settling in, calming all the nerves from the football and the the boxing match, uh, I'll probably fire this up on the on the DVR and and catch it late. So I will be watching it after the fact, but. Uh, a lot more interest, at least, because we are on the opposite side of three of the five main card fights, Will. 
Yeah, man. So I, I, my lead could uh, be, you know, dwindling down a little bit uh, as we draw towards the end of the year. Um, I probably if if my lead is in single digits and you're within striking distance, I might not be as uh, cheerful as I am today because, you know, that shoey might be uh, in, in my thoughts, in my in my dreams. And I'm not trying to do yeah. a shoey. So <laughs> Shuey on the line, but uh, yeah, you're living right. You, you you have a comfortable lead, so we'll see if uh, we'll see if that changes. All right, my friend, I know you need to run. I do as well. Uh, always a great time. You know, next week is is another. Um, I, I'm not going to say bad card, but it's not a, a blockbuster by any means in terms of just the star power. There there are plenty of good fights, good matchups, but the star power isn't there for the second week in a row. Uh, as we get ready for these pay-per-view cards that are just completely stacked from top to bottom. So uh, we will hit that one as well. Uh, Also some big headlines, obviously Dan Hooker taking RDA spot against Mahashev coming up. Obviously the Aljo situation and uh, Corey Sanhagen, Pewter Jan coming up. So a lot of good conversations that need to take place very, very shortly. And we will do that next week, buddy. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, There's a couple of, uh, um, I'm not going to say duds of cards, but, you know, you really have to get into be into the sport to uh, appreciate what's uh, what's coming in yeah. the next couple of weeks. But uh, we end the month and begin the next month with two absolutely stellar cards that uh, I just can't wait for. <laughs> and, and it's crazy that it's back to back weeks. Um, I cannot wait, man. It's going to be great. You may have to come over for the uh, Fight Island card. Will there be um, bacon wrapped uh, jalapenos? Yes, bacon wrapped yes, jalapenos. Sir, there will. If, yeah. if, if if we have in those, I'm there. I mean, that's uh, <laughs> that's the non pay per view pay per view, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and then y- y- these uh these pizza rolls with queso. Oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. I haven't I haven't tried it, but just the image of it, I'm a fan. Well, it was one of the, it what there was there was no plan for that. It just it became a thing. We had a bunch of snacks that day, and as I filled up my plate, I realized that I still hadn't got pizza rolls and I still hadn't got the the nachos yet. And I had a very limited space, and I was like, "What am I going to do here?" So I just thought, "You know what? Instead of using the chips, I'll just I'll put the pizza rolls and smother them in the queso." And it was it was fantastic. Now, the after effects of it aren't necessarily that great, but they were absolutely delicious, I will say. Yeah, well, queso covered de- pizza rolls. Yeah, when I when I saw the picture, I was like, "Wow, I don't know why I've never thought of that, but yeah. that looks delicious." So, yeah. if we can add that to the right. festivities, I'm absolutely there. <laughs> we will do what we can, my friend. We will do what we can. That's going to be a fun card. That's an afternoon card, Fight Island, but it's a pay per view that they're giving us for free on ESPN Plus. So, and that card is is absolutely stacked so that'll be a good time we will uh we will make an afternoon of that all right buddy i will catch you next week um i wish you nothing but bad luck on saturday afternoon and uh take it easy my friend all right my brother have a good one Podcast.
It's over.